I love Christmas. I love this time of year. I love the hustle and bustle of shopping. I even love the hustle and bustle of returning gifts. You know, I just love Christmas. I love my fresh Christmas tree. I even love it when it's dying and it's starting to stink already before Christmas gets here. I mean, I just, I love Christmas. I love the, the lights and the decorations up and down my neighborhood. I just love Christmas, and, and I love Christmas Eve. I love it when my daughter's laughing at my wife and I as we're trying to light the candle, and the lighter wouldn't light, and she's over there just giggling. You know, I, I love Christmas Eve gathering together with family and with friends, singing Christmas carols and lighting candles and celebrating the birth of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love Christmas. And I ask myself, what is it that I enjoy so much about the Christmas season, the Advent season? And I think it's one word comes to mind. It's the meaning of that word. It's the anticipation. It's the anticipation of what is to come. What will it be? When will it be? It's the anticipation of unwrapping Christmas. And as a church family for the last four weeks, we've been unwrapping Christmas and we unwrap the gift of hope and peace and joy and love. We anticipate receiving the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. You know, one of my most memorable Christmas experiences happened back when I was about nine or ten years of age and uh, just a little guy, you know, Um, And I remember so distinctly, I called my sister, she remembers so distinctly. My brother was here at the early service, and he remembered and laughed. It was one of the most, most unique, anticipated Christmases in the Underwood family. You see, my, my dad worked at Pratt Whitney, and you worked at Pratt Whitney, everything there is kind of like top secret, you know, like they're building lasers to shoot down the Russian satellites. I don't know, but it was top secret. And every night, my dad would come home, and we'd have dinner, and then he would go out into the garage, and he would lock the door, and we were not allowed to go outside. And he was building and making something, you know, a laser beam, I don't know. He was building and making something in the garage, and we weren't allowed to know. And he'd come in home at night. And again, he'd home at night. And he'd just look at us and smile and eat his dinner. And then he'd go out in the garage. And it was just killing us. Me, my brother, and uh, Lynn. Raymond, Lynn, and Jeff. Um, and it was just driving us crazy. So we kind of concocted this plan. We said, why don't we turn the TV up real loud and we'll sneak outside. So we turned the TV up so my mom wouldn't hear us. We got outside, and then we got over by the windowsill, and we were little, and we kept grabbing the windowsill, trying to climb up the wall to look into the window to see what my dad was doing in the garage. But we couldn't see. The workbench was there, and we couldn't get high enough. So my brother and sister literally got down on all fours like this, and I climbed up on their back, and I'm looking in the window trying to figure out what dad was doing. And, you know, there's this big piece of plywood or something. There's this big box, and he was building something, and I couldn't figure it out. And right about then, he kind of looked out the window and thought like he saw something. I jumped down, and I ran in the house as fast as I could. And then my dad came out, and he caught Lynn and Jeff. And they got in a lot of trouble. You know, and then my dad went back outside, and he took cardboard, and he put it in all the windows all around the garage. 
So we couldn't see in. Now, the next day he went off to work, you know, Pratt Whitney, top secret stuff. And, uh, and we got up and we went outside and we spent literally hours standing on each other's back trying to look into that window through little holes in the cardboard, you know, little slats. And we'd look in there, you know, and we'd get up and we'd look. And we, and it, but it was dark because of the cardboard. And we couldn't figure it out. But it, the anticipation was killing us. What was he doing? What was it going to be? So... My dad came home again and had dinner, went outside, and we thought, you know, we just need to look inside through the cardboard when the lights are on so we can see what he's doing. So we decided after about an hour of coercing my brother and sister that let's sneak out again, all right? This time I won't run away. And so we snuck out again, and they got down on all fours, and I was getting ready to get up on them to look in the window, and my dad comes out of the Crotons, scared the living life out of us, you know? Um, and we just ran away into the house, and we'll never forget that Christmas. It was the anticipation that was so exciting that, that just makes Christmas so great. And by the way, I got a slot car track, and it was on this big board. It was painted, and it banked corners. I mean, I just we played for hours and hours and hours. And uh, I've been racing cars ever since. And if you ever see me drive, that's my dad's fault. It's not my fault. That's... What happens when you buy your kids slot cars? And you know, this Christmas has really kind of been extra special for me. It's been extra special for the Underwood family as we're anticipating our first grandchild, a grandson, Blake, and my oldest son, Raymond, and Jackie are getting ready any day now. Matter of fact, Jackie didn't make it to Christmas Eve services, so it might be tonight. You know, and the anticipation, and Raymond's praying hard because he wants to be able to duck the taxes before January 1st, you know. So that's my son, and he's just like Philip and his mother. No, I'm just joking, just, just joking. It's more like his dad um, when it comes to being frugal. But anyways, but it's been so exciting. And every time I see Jackie, I look at Jackie, and I, and I say, Jackie, I mean, you know, she calls me her favorite father-in-law because I'm her only father-in-law. And, and I say, Jackie, every time I see you, you're just so beautiful. You're so big and full. You're just, I don't say those words. I just say you're, you just look so, you look so beautiful, you know. And I say, you remind me of the Virgin Mary. She says, I'm not a virgin, Dr. A. I said, but you remind me, you're just so beautiful and so radiant. Can you imagine all the anticipation? Can you imagine Joseph and Mary being so excited to give birth to their firstborn child? And it wasn't just the birth of Jesus. It was what the angels told the shepherds. The angels told the shepherd that this child would become the savior of the world. And the anticipation of Jesus and his birth, God would give a gift so great that it compelled the whole world to wait. And not just wait a week or a month or nine months or a decade or a century. But hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years we've waited. Ever since Genesis chapter 3, we've been waiting for this child of promise. This child who would come, the Messiah that would save us. Who would be the Savior the prophet Isaiah, 750 years before Christ, he put it this way. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and we shall call his name, say it with me, 
Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God with us. You see, God gave his greatest gift. He gave his son. His one and only son. And the Apostle bought. The Apostle John puts it this way in, the, in our text for tonight, this Christmas Eve service, is found over in John chapter 3. And, and could we all stand, and out of respect for God's Word, can we read this verse of Scripture out loud? All right? Let's read it together, can we? John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Thank you, and you may be seated. I want you to look at that verse again. Look carefully at that verse. You see, this is the story of Christmas in one verse. This is the story of the entire Bible in one verse. For God so loved the world. And by the word world, John is referring to you. It's personal. For God so loved you. You can write your name in there. For God so loved Raymond and Janet and Jackie and Philip and Brittany and Janelle. For God so loved you that he, he did what? He what? He gave. He gave. You see, you can give without loving but you cannot love someone without giving. God's love, biblical love, agape love, it moves us to give. It moves us to action. It's a love of choice. It's a love of desire. And because God so loved you, he made a choice. He gave the very first Christmas gift. You see, the this whole tradition of giving and receiving gifts started with God giving His greatest gift. God giving the most expensive gift. His very own Son, God incarnate, God in flesh, fully God, fully man. God gave his son for you. Now, why did God do that? Why did God give his son such an expensive gift, such an extravagant gift, the greatest gift to give your son? Why did God do that? For God so loved the world that he gave. Why did he give? Because the reality was we all need a Savior. You see, all the ancient writings make it clear. We all have this bent. We all have this propensity to be selfish and self-centered and self-willed and to sin. I mean, today, you know, we kind of buy more Christmas presents for ourselves than for anyone else. You know, we spend more time and money shopping for ourselves than for others during the Christmas season. The Apostle Paul said it this way, but God shows his love for us. God demonstrates. God proves his great love for us. Get this. For while we were still what? Sinners. We were still sinners. We, we didn't deserve this gift. We didn't earn this gift. We were sinners, but God still loved us. Christ died for us. 
We did nothing to deserve this gift, and we can do nothing to earn this gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his best. And Jesus so loved this world, Jesus so loved you, that he gave his life. He died for our sins. And all you can do, all I can do, is to receive it. Our text says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever does what? Believes. And the word believes means to receive. The word believes means to acknowledge who Jesus is, that he truly is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, that he is God incarnate, that he is God in human flesh, that he is indeed the Savior of the world. Whoever believes will not perish, but will have eternal life. Their soul won't die. Their soul will live forever with God. God has given the greatest gift, but you have to receive it. You have to turn from your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone to save you. I invite you this Christmas Eve to believe and receive God's greatest gift. It's here. He wants to give it to you. But you personally, you have to receive it. Can I find someone? That's all I thought. Could someone help me open this up? You notice there's, there's something in this box, this gift from God. Can you help open up and tell me what it is? What is it? It's a baby Jesus. That was God's gift. A baby. A little bitty baby. And this gift, you can't do anything to earn it. You can't bribe your way to heaven. You can't bargain your way to heaven. You can't talk your way to heaven. You can't earn it by your performance and good deeds. All you can do is like a gift on Christmas. You need to receive it. And I invite you this Christmas Eve to receive the Christ of Christmas, to let him be your Savior. Can we bow our heads in prayer? And with our heads bowed, can all of us quietly pray? Can you right now say, God, I humble myself before you? Can you pray that this Christmas Eve? God, God, I humble myself before you. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. And I believe that you sent your greatest gift, your son, to be my savior. Can you pray that? I put my faith and trust in him alone to save me. Come into my life. Change me. I receive and believe in the Christ of Christmas, the Savior of the world. And for those of you who have received that gift in the past, can you just thank God right now for that gift? It's a gift that lasts a lifetime. All the other gifts you're going to receive tomorrow, they're all going to in time perish and break apart. But this gift, this gift of his son is the greatest gift 
because it lasts forever. Thank God for this incredible gift, the gift of his son, the gift of eternal life. God, we thank you. We thank you for your greatest gift. We thank you for your son. We thank you for our savior, the savior of the world. And God, we pray that you will help us as your people to go forward and declare that Jesus is the Savior, the Savior of the world. God, that we will go forward and make your name, his name, the name of Jesus, famous. Help us to go forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.